Welcome to Mom Fashions, an honest discussion about the beauty and burdens of motherhood. I'm Emily. I'm Beth, and we're your hosts. We hope these next few minutes encourage, inspire, and remind you that we are all in this together. This is Mom Fashions, a Fort Worth Moms blog production. Episode 18, Under the Womanhood with Lacey Welch. Today on our show, we are discussing topics surrounding women's health. Because some of this subject matter is of an adult nature, we do like to give you a disclaimer that it might not be appropriate for little ears. Thanks for listening. Hi, mom friends. We are here today with a special guest. Emily is not going to join us today. She is actually at a conference in Disney, so we can all be jealous of her. But we have a very special friend. Um, Her name is Lacey Welch. She is a doctor of physical therapy here in North Texas at Under the Hood Physical Therapy. So hi, Lacey. Hi, thank you for having me. We are so excited to talk to you. We have been uh, just giddy about getting on the phone with you and talking about all things um, pelvic floor health. So, Well, I am honored. I really love you guys and appreciate what you do for all the moms and am um, just flattered that you asked me to be here. Well, uh, let's just jump right in. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I am, I don't know, I guess the first thing that just naturally flows out is that I'm a mom. Um, I have a three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old little boy. And um, we actually have one on the way. I don't think I've told you that. Yay! No, I didn't know that. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. So um, that will be coming this summer sometime. Um, and let's see, I'm married to my husband. We've been married for 14 years. And um, I am a pelvic health PT. I And I guess I should go ahead and tell you kind of about what that is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess that's the big question here is... What is pelvic floor physical therapy? Because for Emily and I both, we didn't know this existed until just a few years ago and didn't really know that there was a need for it. And I personally didn't know until I started giving birth to babies and, you know, then it becomes a real thing. So, yeah, if you could explain to us what is pelvic floor physical therapy? Sure. Um, So pelvic floor physical therapy, I'll kind of tell you like our qualifications and then kind of what the therapy is. Um, So we basically go through uh, regular PT school, like every PT. And then if we kind of choose our specialty, um, you don't have to choose a specialty. You can kind of do whatever, you know, just general uh, therapy. But Uh, Most of us end up kind of specializing in orthopedics or geriatrics or neurological rehabilitation, but I chose uh, pelvic floor physical therapy. So after physical therapy school, actually during PT school, I was able to attend a um, women's health specialty rotation. And 
in that, I got to see, uh, you know, how to treat pregnant women, um, pelvic floor dysfunction, and the whole gamut of things. So I got that exposure in PT school. And then once, and not everybody gets that, um, I was very uh, fortunate to be able to do that and very thankful. Um, after PT school, then in order to do what we do, we have to take additional courses, continuing education classes. All PTs have to do that, but I chose to um, specialize in pelvic health. So um, in those courses, we are taught how to do and perform internal vaginal and rectal examinations and how to treat dysfunctions of the pelvic floor which include any bowel, bladder, sexual dysfunction, any menstrual issues, um, or anything surrounding your cycle that's an issue, infertility, um, pregnancy, um, related physical impairments, um, digestive issues. I mean, there. if you look at my website, like there's a huge list of things that we can really address that not many people really think about or know about even addressing conservatively. So that includes like if you're dealing with constipation, um, irritable bowel syndrome, if you're uh, leaking stool, if you're um, experiencing incontinence, that's a big one. I know that we've talked about that before. Um, I think, well, I don't guess I wrote anything for mom's blog on that, but um, incontinence is just a big one we talk about all the time in uh, when I'm talking to friends or moms or whoever. Um, so an incontinence is the uncontrolled loss of urine, um, and that can also include um, gas or stool. With sexual dysfunction, um, which I know we'll talk a little bit more about in, in a little bit, that includes really um, the inability to have orgasms, um, a change in, change in sensation with sexual function, um, lack of desire even, uh, pelvic pain with with um, penetrative intercourse, anything also that changes throughout your life. Like if you had a, a sex life at one point in your life and it was great and fabulous and then on down the road it changes somehow, that's a sign of, of dysfunction or change and can um, be something that we can address through a variety of techniques. So can you explain a little bit like why the pelvic floor? Because I think that when a lot of people hear pelvic floor, they mm -hmm. think, oh, yeah, you do Kegels so you don't pee your right. pants. Right. right. Mm -hmm. So what is it about the pelvic floor? Can you give just like a very brief like layman's terms? What is your pelvic floor and why does it affect so much? Yeah, great question. So your pelvic floor is essentially the core of your core. It is it is what is keeping you all together. It's like the last barrier to the world, really, um, from your pelvic organs. And um, it stabilizes your pelvis and holds it together. It, it controls your bowel, bladder, and sexual function. So and those are vital for life and survival. So if your pelvic floor is not operating functionally, then it can um, affect a lot of things. So, and I may just kind of say this too, um, just the role of the pelvic floor is to support our pelvic organs, our uterus, bladder, and rectum. Mm -hmm. 
it provides a sphincteric control. So like I already said, it controls bowel, bladder, and sexual function. Um, and it helps to stabilize the pelvis. So the role of the, the pelvic floor is vital to our survival. Yeah, that makes total sense. And it is, it's something um, that just doesn't get thought a lot about. Right. So let me ask you in um, your journey in kind of getting trained and, and um, going into this field, what was it about this that makes you so passionate? Because I've mm-hmm. met other people who are physical therapists and I've met other therapists who specialize in pelvic floor, but mm-hmm. following you online and um, knowing you personally, you have a passion for this that um, I would say is different than um, a lot of people that I've known in this field. And so what makes you so passionate about this specifically? So before I started PT school, I was able to do a, um, I was a, I was a PT tech. So that means like I cleaned the mats, did the laundry, did all the um, behind the scenes stuff. But within that clinic, I met a woman who was uh, a dear friend now and has been my mentor forever. She be, is the one who told me about pelvic health. And she told me a story about a woman that she was seeing who had been married for 10 years and had never been able to have penetrative sex with her husband. And they were at a point where they wanted kids. And this lady had been just all over the place trying to figure out what is going on. Well, she finally came to my friend Lori, and they were able to work through her pelvic floor dysfunction and and whatever other factors were there. And they were able to finally achieve uh, penetrative sex. And the funny part about that is that her husband sent my friend flowers after they um, (laughs) met that goal. (laughs) But um, after I heard that, we talked about that, and I was like, that is mind-blowing. Like, I had no clue because I was in MPT school at that point. You know, I was happy – I was, um, I had applied to PT school that year, but I hadn't, um, started it. So hearing about that, and then we ended up talking about bowel and bladder issues that women experience. And I also like, didn't even realize women experienced those issues at that point in my life. I think I was, I don't even know how old I was, but in the, in my early twenties, um, And so I just was so naive about these things, and I thought to myself, this is something I need to do. (laughs) I have got to help these women. And having experienced some um, dyspareunia or painful intercourse issues in my life with my husband um, when we were first married, I, I just had no idea there was help for it. And so it just struck a personal um, and professional chord with me, I guess. And I just have never looked back on the decision to pursue this and regretted it. So, wow. And it's just, it's just so rewarding. It's so life changing for the women that I see and treat and those who, you know, um, come see me. So anyway, yeah, it just keeps the fire burning. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That's, that is just incredible and truly life-changing. I mean, in, I think for me in becoming a mom, um, and kind of, you know, I think when you hit motherhood, you kind of join this club that you never knew existed. (laughs) Um, Uh and, and then you start talking with other women and you open up about these things and you realize Mm -hmm. how prevalent, 
um, just different issues are. I think even just when I got married, talking to other young married women who were experiencing um, issues with sex that were really mm-hmm. unexpected, to be able to help women with these things that are honestly kind of awkward to talk about and a lot of people mm-hmm. don't discuss and they're embarrassed to say it is life-changing. I mean, for that woman you explained, like, that changed her marriage completely. Yeah. You know, that's incredible. It is not fun to, for people to talk about. Um, I think that's been, I think that's a huge barrier because I think a lot of women, too, will bring it up with their doctors and they, you know, don't push past, well, that it, it will get better. Just give it time. Mm-hmm. We don't know to really continue that conversation um, because first of all, we didn't want to bring it up in the first place. So, and I've had women before come to see me and have told me that they just really didn't want to know what was going on. And so they put this off and put this off when they look back, they're very thankful that they came and that they talked to me about it. But I think it's, it's kind of a scary unknown world and, and to really find out about what's going on down there um, is can be daunting, I think, and can keep people away from this. But I think the more we talk about it and the more we talk to our friends about it and share positive experiences and resources, I think more and more women will be um, hopefully getting help and more and more doctors will understand that we're here and, and here to help, like, help the whole model work well together. So, Well, I think this is a great time to take a break and hear from our sponsor. We'll be back in just a few minutes. This episode of Mom Fashions is brought to you by Fort Worth Moms, an online parenting resource for moms in Texas and throughout the United States. Visit fortworth.citymomsblog.com to learn more. Let's say um, a woman is listening and she's having some of these issues, maybe incontinence, maybe sexual dysfunction, maybe, um, you know, some bowel issues or things that she's not really comfortable talking about in whatever stage in her life that she's in. What are some ways that you would encourage her to become more comfortable with her own body? Because we do the whole like everybody poops kind of thing, but like in reality, (laughs) We don't really want to acknowledge that everybody poops, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. We don't just, it's not topic of conversation exactly. all the time. Exactly. Yeah. When I have, like, I'll have patients or friends tell me, like, I told my friend to come see you and they're just, you know, hesitant or, you know, hopefully they will. I oftentimes will tell, and I think this will apply to this question as well. I, I oftentimes tell them to start following either me or another pelvic health PT on social media if they're into that, or look up a blog or something about it, um, just to get them comfortable t- listening to these things and uh, hearing the word vagina and you know hearing the word vulva, and then like starting to really put the pieces together about their body and potentially, um, you know, empowering them to take the next step and, and maybe explore their body independently or to have a professional help them with that and help teach them about that. Understanding, um, 
the importance of doing so. I think that uh, the internet, the internets, <laughs> the so- social media, and all of that is good for kind of discreetly exposing yourself to things that you know we know we need to know about, but we don't want to ask anybody, and we you know are hesitant to reach out to a professional. I know personally that um, everything that you post is very, very honest and very open and um, very empowering as far as this is your body. Let's talk about why it works and what it does and different issues you might be having. And uh, just even tips that you've given have been super helpful. Speaking of your Instagram Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. A few years ago, you did a um, Valentine's Day tips um, kind <laughs> of. It was, I think it was Valentine's Day prep tips. And so you had several posts. And um, I actually want to read part of one if that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just because I love it so much. And um, I love the way that you <laughs> word things. And so. Um, <laughs> In one of your tips, you said you have to speak in love languages, gifts, words of encouragement, physical touch. Nope, nope, nope. The way to my heart is through acts of service. Those services have broadened over the years from taking out trash, putting gas in my car, and now doing all the dad things, giving me time to work, play, making my life easier in any way is how the tickets go on sale. What I'm saying here is that you've got to have the love connection to have the love connection. You picking up what I'm putting down? I love this so much. Like <laughs> such such a dork. Oh, I love it. I love it. I I think that's why you're able to connect with women the way that you are. But um just I bring this up because one, I love that you're giving tips to women, um, especially in the area of sexual health, because I can't tell you how many groups of women I've sat around with and they, um, you know, there's always the joke of, oh, my husband's going to want to and, you know, and the whole like, oh, I've got a headache joke and things like that. But I just, I, I have a passion for seeing marriages that thrive in that area and so um, just what are some tips that you have, let's say, specifically for moms? Because let's be real, once you get into motherhood, your whole romantic life changes drastically, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. what are some ways that maybe um, moms can help themselves be more comfortable yeah. in this area of their lives? I think for moms and you know I can relate to this and I could be wrong that people experience this but I feel like there's a loss of connection with yourself and then your partner um so one of the first things that I recommend is I used to call it self-care but it's such a buzzword and I was turned on to the fact that there might be some guilt surrounding not getting self-care. So instead of saying self-care, I um, had a, a client tell me once, 
that it's like coming up for air. Like you need to come up for air. So whatever that means, like you know how wells, they come up for air. That was her little analogy. And I loved it because first of all, it sounds peaceful. Yeah, um, <laughs> that really does. Yeah. So come up for air. And to me what that means is that you got to connect with yourself again. So does that mean you need a girl's night out every week? Probably not. Does but it might. It's different for every person, but does it mean you need a nap like on Sunday afternoons and that fuel refills your tank and helps you be able to be more like grounded and really connected to yourself because you're rested, <laughs> at least for the moment. Yeah. Um being able to the rekindle the relationship with you and who you are. I remember, well, I'll give you this example. I used to go to concerts all the time with my friends when, before I had kids, Ryan and I, my husband were married 10 years before we had Ridley. So there was a lot of, um, freedom there in the first 10, 10 years of our marriage with just not having to worry about putting a kid to bed and all of that. So concerts were my thing. And so I would go well, once I had Ridley, um, my little boy, that was, you know, no longer a thing. So eventually, I guess he was, I don't remember how old he was, but I went to a concert and I walked in there and I was like, I feel so weird <laughs> being here. Like, this is, am I, can I be here? Like, are these people looking at me funny? You know, and, and nothing had changed, but it was like, I, it was shocking how how disconnected with that previous self I was. And so once I went to the concert and, um, you know, had a blast and enjoyed the band, you know, I just felt refreshed. I felt more confident. I felt like, oh, yeah, that's that's part of me, too. And so I think, anyway, kind of reconnecting with yourself, coming up for air and whatever that means in your life at that moment. Let's make time to do it. Um, it just can be going on a walk by yourself or, you know, doing something simple. Um, but just being able to have time to think to yourself and do something you love and need. So that is first and foremost um, so I don't know. Do you kind of resonate with that I a do, little bit? I do. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of reminiscing on the times when even grocery shopping by myself oh, yeah. will like refuel me. And I think it's just having the freedom to just breathe for a minute, mm -hmm. but you're mm -hmm. right. I mean, the, the minute you kind of reconnect with the other parts of yourself, because I think once you become mom, you yeah. you shed so many of your other identities mm -hmm. and so you forget that there's somebody who you know doesn't wear sweatpants every day and right. showers what? more than once a week <laughs> you know yeah. and so even just taking that moment to say mm -hmm. today I'm going to put on some makeup or today I'm going to go for a walk or whatever it is it really does refuel you and I think mm -hmm. that's for me personally, that's where a lot of the disconnect comes from um, just with my husband on a relational mm -hmm. level is that mm -hmm. I will I will get so bogged down and so poured out emotionally mm -hmm. that it's like any other yep. connection is such a chore. 
totally. but it's not enjoyable anymore. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. That's so good. You segued right into the next little point, which is um, engaging in your love languages with your partner. And I think this is in, well, and you read part of um, my blog (laughs) about that. And it's just so important because it comes third, really, I guess, or second to connecting with your child, connecting with yourself. And then, oh yeah, there's my partner who I also need to connect with. I think kind of an easy way, easy shift back into that connection, because I think a lot of times, honestly, I think for people it can be a bit awkward to even go straight from like connecting to yourself to like, oh, let's have sex, you know, or let's be intimate. So there's steps. I mean, I think for, for many women who um, need to kind of work their way to being intimate. So understand what each other's love languages are and feed them to each other. And that will, even though, you know, I know many times I'm like, well, I think if you would just do this, then I would do that, you know, and that's not helpful. (laughs) That is not helpful. So even though it may be so hard to be like, you know, my husband's love language is words of encouragement. That's one of them. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, it's really hard for me to give words of encouragement, even though I'm really proud of him and whatnot. But uh, even just like, it, just doing it, setting an alarm on your phone. Maybe you start by doing that through texting. And then once that becomes more natural and more, um, you know, less like this is effortful, like this is hard, um, then you can verbalize those things. I think sometimes we just have to to start. I think feeding into each other's love languages is an easy little next move to reconnecting with your partner, Yeah, which is necessary for being intimate. Yeah. One of the best little bits of advice that somebody gave me, actually, ironically, my little brother gave me, he's grown and, you know, married or whatever. He actually said something along the lines of, um, every time you see your spouse. So, you know, we're all going in different directions. We're going off to work. We're going off to church. We're going Uh shopping, whatever. But every time you see your spouse during the day, you should, You should touch physically, whether it's give each other a little kiss or just put your hand on their arm or give them a hug. And it's just that reminder of like, let's start small, but we Mm -hmm. need to connect every time we see each other. Because how many days do we go where we're so busy going in our own directions that Mm -hmm. we just don't even we don't even connect in a full day. You know, we can go days at a time where it's like. Have we even talked? Have we even connected other than to say, pick up the kid at this time and pick up this at the store on the way home, (laughs) you know? Yeah, totally. That's such a good piece of advice. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I don't know if we should go through the love languages, but hopefully everybody knows them. There's a book. You can Google them. Yeah, there is a book. I remember when my husband and I started dating, he, he pulled out the book at a Barnes and Noble and wanted me to look through it and, and talk about what my love languages were. Oh, yeah. I know. What a great guy, right? Yeah. Well, I, I looked it over and I said, well, I want all of these things. (laughs) He should have packed up and run right then, I think. (laughs) But, (laughs) but really, I mean, there, it's a great tool. You're right. You can find it online anywhere. There is a book you could just pull up on Amazon. Okay. So speaking of connecting 
emotionally uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. with your spouse in order to be able to connect physically with them. Um, something that you had said to me a while back was um, along the lines of that your emotional health actually affects your pelvic floor health. Mm-hmm. How do those two connect? In so many ways. Um, but I think probably more of what I talk to clients about, I think on kind of a more real level is that as women, our our kind of emotional center, our heart center really is our our pelvis and our pelvic floor. And when we are emotionally stressed, we tend to harbor emotion in our pelvis and lower abdominal region. So that can look like a lot of things. And that can't be research-based because you can't research really that. But I, I find, and so many pelvic health PTs find, that if someone is emotionally holding on to something, whether it's um, oh, the first thing that comes to my mind is like a um, – history of pain, um, whether it's like pain with, with intercourse, just like shoulder pain or whatever. If we have a history of pain or chronic pain, um, that kind of wears on our emotional stability and, um, and durability. And so we tend to harbor that emotion in our pelvic floor. So that can look like a more tense, pelvic floor or that can look like a really painful periods or um, it can look like constipation or uh, urinary frequency. It can look like a lot of things. So the other part of that too then is that that emotion that we're holding on to can then affect our production of uh, sex hormones. And so with limited production there or decreased production, that affects our muscle integrity I guess it's more easily seen or um, even examined, I guess, in my case, with how that relates to the pelvic floor in in dryness and um, decreased control there and other pelvic health dysfunctions that can happen. I just thought that was such an interesting connection um, to make, you know, even just for me, how when I'm stressed and you realize Mm -hmm. how like tight your mm-hmm. muscles are. Sometimes I'll give the um, similarity between like, you know, holding tension in our shoulders, just like our pelvic floor. And um, we don't think about, we can't see our pelvic floor. Um, so we don't often know we're even holding any tension there. But when someone comes through and taps us on our shoulder, we know like, okay, I just need to relax. But the pelvic floor doesn't get that amount of attention usually. Yeah. So you don't really notice like, you know, if your shoulders are tight, you're hunched over, but if your pelvic floor right. is tight, you don't really you don't really right. see a visible sign of that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lacey, this is all such awesome information and I know will be super helpful to our listeners. If they would like to connect with you in some way, um, how can they do that? Probably the best way to contact me would be either through my website, which is under the hood, pt.com. And there's a little contact page that you can go to, or you can email me directly. And my email address is Lacey Welch, which is L-A-C-E-Y-W-E-L-C-H at underthehoodpt.com. 
The third place is through Instagram or Facebook. Um, and my social media handle is under the womanhood. And I am happy if you don't live in this area, I love um, helping people find therapists other places. So you don't have to contact me and see me. You, I can help you find someone else that's closer to you. I just want everybody to get the help that they need and deserve. Lacey, thank you again so much just for chatting with me today and for all of the work that you do um, just to help women in general be more comfortable in their bodies. Thank you for having me. As always, visit fortworth.citymomsblog.com to see the notes from this show including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And just one more time, in case you didn't hear, it's fortworth.citymomsblog.com. Fort Worth Mom's Blog.